Hello and welcome back to the Big Pivot Podcast, brought to you by IDG and Informatica. I'm Rob O'Regan, your host. Today we'll be talking about value-driven digital transformation. Two Informatica executives will explain what we mean by that. Graham Thompson, Senior VP and CIO, and Kevin Fleet, VP of Professional Services. So Graham, we've talked in previous episodes about leveraging data as an asset and the need for businesses to manage data like they manage their money. Let's extend that theme a bit further as it relates to digital transformation. Can you talk about the role of the CIO in building out that transformative vision for the business? Yeah, I mean, no matter what the specific flavor of digital transformation is going on in your firm, it likely involves leveraging data or digital assets rather than physical assets. And and often this means escalating the use of data above the operational function that, that creates it to try and create an opportunity at the enterprise level. So it could be, we see a lot of our customers doing things with master data like customer data or product data. It could be transactional data like consumption and it almost certainly includes data from multiple sources, applications on-prem, in the cloud and other sources like, uh, like streaming. And I think the CIO has two perspectives that are probably different from the other members of the executive team. One is they, they really understand in detail uh, how the processes and applications work end-to-end and therefore uh, how and where data is created and often where it could be most, uh, most profitably used. And then CIOs are, or, or they definitely should be, close to emerging new technologies that can really help identify profitable opportunities. Kevin, you've been blogging quite a bit on the nitty-gritty aspects of moving to the cloud as a, as a core element of digital transformation. Once the CIO has established the strategic vision that Graham described, how do you begin to bridge that strategy to tactical implementation? Well, I, I think it starts with uh, establishing a roadmap. And for me, a, a roadmap always signifies a great way to communicate what you're going to do to bring that to reality. So if you think about the transformational goals you might have and documenting out a, a timeline to get your organization from where it is today to where it wants to be, and the roadmap should connotate and, and note the value that's delivered in each phase. It fits between a, a high-level strategy and a day-to-day tactical project management communication. So the roadmap will give you a sense of the logical sequence of steps that you need to move from your present state, so let's say all on-premise IT, to a desired future state. So say 80% cloud-based with a cloud-first bias for any new technologies. So it's your communication mechanism to put that in perspective. And it, it should address both technical and the business aspects of your plan. And so it's important to be able to keep those things in sync. It should have a current state, which is an assessment of where you are today, and in state, which is where you're evolving to, the milestones along the way. So what rollouts will happen in what order, and then the value. And, and I think this is one of the key points is that we should be talking in business value and business outcomes. So what is the capability that these things provide, and, and how do you quantify that in dollars? Graham, regarding that last point, how do you make the connection between technology investment and quantifiable business value? Yeah, so I mean, if, if you believe, as I do, that IT is a foundational part of enabling this digital transformation, it's critical that the, the CIO and the senior leadership team, including the CEO, work together. I think it would be a mistake to assume that the functional optimization that always occurs will somehow and miraculously add up to the enterprise optimization that we want. So I, th- I would argue that a vital part of the CIO's job is to help the CEO and the management team think about how a desired outcome may depend on changes across the entire system, not just within a functional area. So examples here at Informatica, participating in the management team meetings and the board meetings, 
gives me the perspective I need to read between the lines and, and ensure that the I team's focused on the right the right outcomes. Being part of those discussions when the big decisions are made helps identify dependencies across across teams. And to Kevin's specific point on value, you know, I really I, I agree that we need to be focused on that more than ever before. Too much of IT's focus in the past has been on inputs, you know, the projects that we undertake, the technology components that we deploy, rather than starting with the business outcome that we're trying to achieve and working backwards. This is certainly not a new problem, but I would argue that the stakes are, are even higher now. The shift to the cloud and leveraging data as an asset changes another value proposition as well, that of the, uh, the IT leaders themselves. Kevin, explain if you would how cloud transformation is redefining the skill sets across IT. Well, I think the enterprise will always need IT leadership, but the challenge is uh, to how do you how do you rise above and and evolve when you see these transformational shifts happening in the in the market? And if you think about the way IT used to be used, it really used to be used to build systems, and and now the expectation IT should be much more around architectural thinking and and how to integrate solutions. So, for any IT leader. I think your career hinges on one question, which is, what's my value proposition to the business stakeholder? It may no longer be leading the creation or deployment of new in-house infrastructure and applications. Instead, it might be, can I be the liaison with our external providers? Can I understand both our business needs and our technology? And can I communicate that clearly? I think that brings into focus two overall skill sets or or key skills that you're going to need, business communication and architectural thinking. So how do you think like an architect? Well, that's a, that's a good question. Um, I, I think part of your evolving relationship with business stakeholders is managing new expectations around IT deployments. They're no longer asking you, how long is it going to take to build some certain functionality? What they're saying is, I want a SaaS solution, and I'm ready to expense it today with my credit card. And if you don't respond quickly to that or, or get in front of it, it quickly gets out of control. So. Today's IT leader has to translate the the business's specific technology imperatives into a cohesive architectural vision that isn't quickly or easily derailed by some random short-term solutions to individual challenges. I think it's about thinking in the big picture and in in the long view. As my team has helped clients find their way to, to a future cloud picture, I've seen too many starting down the path to simply recreate in the cloud the same chaotic complexity it was once the bane of their legacy architecture. Preventing that from happening is uh, a primary value proposition of the new IT professional. Graham, from your own experience, how did you prevent that chaos from happening when you joined Informatica? Yeah, so I mean, I completely agree with Kevin. Just because it's modern and it's in the cloud doesn't mean that it still can't be a mess. So my approach when I joined Informatica was to, to really try and understand the business capabilities we had and get alignment on the capabilities that we needed but we didn't have. So As an example, as a cloud company, our product needs to be easy to try and easy to buy. So instead of asking what projects should we undertake or what technology do we need, we just asked, is our product easy to try and easy to buy? And if not, what would it take to make it so? So the the process and applications that we had clearly didn't support that. So we worked backwards from that end outcome, just as as one example. And I'm fortunate to have strong business architectures, uh, a business architecture team who can really see that process end-to-end, and then they can design the capability that's needed while keeping an eye on that overall application architecture to avoid complexity, overlap, or gaps. The next focus was reorganizing how IT works with our business stakeholders. 
typical with uh, many organisations, uh, before I arrived, we had dedicated resources that were assigned to business functions. So there was a marketing IT person, a sales IT person, a customer support IT person. And what that really results in is the IT leaders, they get caught up in the business functions point of view and they really, I call it, they go native and they end up just fighting for the perspective of that business function that they, that they work with. So instead we assigned these relationship managers to key process areas such as campaign to opportunity, quote to order, that kind of thing. And the result there is that the individual IT leaders are viewing processes across several business functions and they're empowered to improve the delivery of that business priority by delivering a process that, that gives us the capability that we really need. Interesting. We've talked about the end state a little bit. Question for both of you. What does the ideal state at the end of this journey look like? Uh, Graham, you want to go first? Yeah, so in my, in my opinion, the ideal state involves a lot of what you read as uh, trends in IT just now. So products over projects is one. And last year, the analyst community tried to ease us into this with the bimodal approach to building new capabilities. But getting through a digital transformation means treating these capabilities like campaign to opportunity or order to fulfillment as products that are delivered by IT, and they should be jointly owned by an IT leader and a business leader. The business leader is accountable for the fitness for purpose and effectiveness of the capability, and the IT leader owns delivering that process capability effectively. And this eliminates that old way of prioritising projects, which really just layer complexities on top of one another, and that contributes to the technical debt we see in most, most enterprises today. Assets that are important need someone to take care of them, just like money. So this means governance at some level, and it will depend on the appetite of each enterprise to, to determine the extent that they implement a framework or support and technology. The ideal state also involves a strong relationship between the CIO and the rest of the management team. I think CIO, CEOs are more receptive than ever to the message that the CIO's knowledge of the entire organisation and processes and how they work together is a, a useful business asset. But if you really don't understand how the company processes work and the big goals of the company, uh, and how IT can help enable that, you really won't have the opportunity to, to deliver that message. So I would, I would argue that your value as a CIO lies in the ability to look beyond operational IT and understand where IT can really accelerate success across the company. Even if this broader business perspective doesn't come easily, I think it's worth the effort to push yourself to acquire it. You know, as CIOs, we've been hungry for the opportunity to add value to the company beyond IT and to leverage our unique capabilities on the company's most strategic initiatives. And I would, uh, I would argue that if transforming the company to compete based on information isn't an opportunity for, something, for someone with information in their title, then I don't know what is. That's a good point. Kevin, your thoughts on the, on the end state, on how you get there and, and, and what that looks like? Sure. I, you know, I think the, the challenge many organizations have is, is being able to take that abstracted executive level vision and strategy and, and drive that down into concrete goals and plans. You, you've got to have a target. And I think the use of reference architecture, it's something I've used extensively with our clients, is it's a way to provide a thoroughly conceived example of what the desired end state is going to look like. So a reference architecture is a, a generic or a best practice view of what your end state ought to be like. It's never going to be perfect for your industry or for your business situation, but what you can do is then customize that. It, it provides a great starting point, and then you can have this view of what your target is and, and what you're shooting for and, and drive from there into some very concrete goals and plans to move forward. 
Great. Uh, Graham, there's a book on your CIO reading list called The Digital Transformation Playbook by David Rogers. Is there anything in that book that's relevant to what we've talked about today? Yeah, I think as we've talked about in the past, the term digital transformation is horribly uh, badly defined. So this book breaks it down into five key domains, and those are customers, competition, data, innovation, and value. And each domain presents a strategic theme and a few key concepts to, to guide that transformation. So the customer domain's theme is to really harness customer networks. And the ideas are about reinventing the marketing funnel and understanding the new path to purchase or the buyer's journey, as we hear our digital marketers talk about it today. And, um, you know, like most good books, it's, uh, it's very specific, it's practical, and it's uh, immediately actionable. Specific, practical, and actionable. That seems like a good note to end this discussion on. Uh, Graham and Kevin, thanks very much for your insights today. It's clear that CIOs have an exhilarating set of challenges that they're taking on, but from what you've described, there's also a clear approach they can take with data at the center to work through each challenge as they help to transform their organizations. Thanks for listening, everyone, to today's episode. Catch all the Big Pivot episodes with Graham and other special guests by subscribing to the IDG Tech Talk channel on SoundCloud, iTunes, and Google Play. For IDG and Informatica, I'm Rob O'Regan. Thank you.